This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. So e-cigarettes. Remember the, the miracle of e-cigarettes when they were introduced, Jim? And it was such good news because you didn't have to smoke real cigarettes anymore. You could just switch to e-cigarettes and everything would be fine. Yeah, wean yourself off it if you've been smoking for 10 years. And that does kind of make sense. You know, take the less harsh option and then slowly work off nicotine. The unfortunate thing is it's got teens smoking e-cigarettes like crazy now, right? Yeah. Basically, there's a new study out there, and it's saying that, uh, and this is just going by uh, teenagers' attempts to quit nicotine-based products, and there is a trend that has reversed the last 20 years. It's been easier and easier for teens to quit cig- uh, cigarettes once they've started, uh, but now with e-cigarettes, uh, that trend is reversing. So now uh, it's taking teens multiple times or more attempts to actually quit nicotine. So they're, the, the habit of nicotine addiction is growing in Canada. Uh, actually, in, in North America, this is University of Michigan uh, research that's been done. Uh, but is, is this a surprise to anybody? Not to me. I was at a, my buddy Andre's birthday party on the weekend, and somebody in the garage was e-cigaretting, or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. e-smoking. Yeah. And I smelt it. I was like, I said, what is that, Tutti Fruity? Like the flavors they have for these things yeah, seem childish. Now, this was a, a man in his 40s, early 50s. Previous <laughs> smoker? Previous smoker. See, that, you know, that's a trend in the right direction. I get that. But like they made, you know, those Colts that are like cigarellos. You can't buy those in grape or cherry anymore. And they barely tasted like grape or cherry. These things that I've, my buddies have them, I'll take a haul off it just out of curiosity. Peach, cotton candy. Tutti fruit. You can't even enjoy cotton candy if you you're over the age of 12 it's too sweet so yeah the fact that this has been going on for so long and there hasn't been a governing body which i don't like these governing bodies but like if you're gonna draw a line in the sand when it comes to nicotine products and i've been saying i've been saying this since this fad started since these were a thing that the thing about cigarettes is they're hard to smoke like if you want to take up smoking if the first few times you try you might throw up yeah, what happens if your your dad catches you smoking when you're a, a young lad? He puts you in the closet and he makes you smoke the entire carton. Yeah. To teach you a lesson. And you pass out, you throw up, whatever it is. <laughs> your dad makes you inhale the entire vial of vape juice. You're you, ready to go. You just want more. Hey, yeah. t- it tastes like a root beer float. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Seriously, if you were trying to stop teenagers from drinking you'd be like oh the the whiskey kids are drinking too much whiskey let's make a whiskey that is easy to drink but 50 percent more healthy but is 300 percent easier to drink that's what's going on with e-cigarettes right now yes they're healthier yeah but they're f- far easier get to smoke. rid of that harsh whiskey flavor and let's make it taste like lemonade <laughs> I think the facade that they're the healthy option is going away. Friends that are teachers say that they confiscate so many of these e-cigarettes from high school students. And you can, well, you can smoke them in class. Sneakily. Yeah, and then nobody would ever know. Like I saw a guy at the concert, or maybe it was a, maybe it was a hockey game, I forget, but he would inhale the, the vape or whatever, and then he'd pull out his sleeve by his bicep and then like <laughs> blow it through his sleeve so it would diffuse... The exhaust. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to get away with until your teacher 
gets a whiff of some tutti frutti <laughs> floating up to the front of the classroom. Do you have enough vape for the entire class? Desperate times call for desperate measures. We've told you about some gas thieves over the past month with gas prices skyrocketing. There are some people who are getting pretty innovative when it comes to stealing gasoline. There is a minivan with a trap door in the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And we told you about it. Siphon the gas right out of the right storage out of the tank. ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just pulling up to the gas station, flipping open the trap door, sucking gas out. One guy with a long straw. And there's some uh, gas thieves in Florida that have been arrested. And they got a little technical here, Jim. Yeah, it was four Florida guys. They got busted for installing devices inside the gas pumps. And what the devices did is they changed the price of the liter or gallon, I guess, in America to just pennies. So these devices are called uh, pulsators. And I'm not sure exactly how they got in the pump or something. Hmm. Do you have any idea where I could get? I mean, someone could get one of these (laughs) things. A pulsator. Google search. Somehow they put them inside the pump and it regulates the fuel flow and the price. And yeah, they dropped the price down to a a penny. So they, at multiple gas stations, uh, installed these pumps, stole the gas for like pennies on the dollar, and then drove away. Uh, The problem was they installed them and came back to the same place twice. Uh, you know, so I don't know if there was a special code you'd have to put in, or did everybody right. coming up to the pump? Because get that's free kind of gas? that's kind of a Robin Hood situation. Mm-hmm. If they did the pulsator, and then the price of gas just stayed at a penny, yeah, a gallon, then everybody benefits. But if they're just doing it for themselves, a little a little selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spread the love, you know. But you know, one good Samaritan's gonna go up to the store and say, "I I underpaid for my gas and ruin it for everybody," uh, but. They did get arrested, and there was, I guess there's Circle K's in America, too. I guess that's where they started, but yeah, it was a Circle K at another Lutz station. Uh, They were stealing diesel fuel, stealing normal gas, and they were just reselling it at a steep profit. So the the law enforcement agencies are just telling, hey, station owners, if there's a truck, like, parked out by a pump for, you know, an extended period of time... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he's probably up to something suspicious. Something might be up. Yeah. Also, if you're buying your gas on Facebook Marketplace, uh, there's a chance that gas might be stolen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can plead <laughs> ignorance on that one. A garbage bag full of gas for $25? <laughs> what a deal! This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I had to chuckle to myself last night, sat down on the couch, turned on Netflix, and saw that the number one streamed show in Canada right now, is it cake? That's a show? Is it cake? Have you not watched Is It Cake, Jim? I thought that was like two years ago, a trend on Twitter, or TikTok or something like that. Yeah, or a hashtag at best. You do see a lot of, of cakes that look like other things on social media. Probably the inspiration for this. But Yeah, this must be where it started. Then. This is a uh, reality show competition hosted oh by Mikey God. Day from Saturday Night Live. And you got to assume that it was a an idea for a sketch on Saturday Night Live. And he thought, oh, hold on. Maybe this is a real show. Does it even have enough legs for a five-minute sketch? It's Isn't it 30 seconds? Here's the two cakes. What, I think what? every episode is an hour long, How? too. Is it cake? This is a bowling ball. And this is a cake. What? Oh, this show is insane. 
Judges, here's how this works. Only one of those cake stands is holding an actual cake. Oh. One of these is a cake? <laughs> Good lord. Nobody can be that excited about cake. Is it cake? It's pretty remarkable how they make the cake look like other things, though, Jimmy. You need to... <laughs> Full disclosure, I've watched every episode of Is It oh Cake. Oh, my God, dude. With my kids. And we fast forward through the baking part, and we just go right to the Is It Cake part. So it's a TikTok for you. <laughs> it's about, we spent about 10 minutes on okay. each episode, because they, they have like five items. You know, there's five things that look like shoes here, but one of them is a cake. Can you okay. identify which is the cake? You obviously can't touch them, but can you get no. close? Can you get your face right up to it and no, smell? No, you're, you're about, uh, looks like 15, 20 feet away from hmm. the potential cakes. I feel like this is, we're living in idiocracy at this point. <laughs> totally. Like, honestly, how long until just a bud is farting on these cakes? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> where entertainment is going. <laughs> kind of sounds like our radio show, actually. <laughs> is it cake? The biggest... Stream show on Netflix right now. That's crazy. It seems like a, a terrible idea. Like that pitch meeting, whoever greenlit that, I'm sure there was whispers like, oh, they're losing it. Yeah, yeah. But now people are hooked. Yeah. Is it cake? And you've got 20 writers on Yellowstone and 150 <laughs> actors, 400 uh, people working on the crew on the set, and that gets one quarter of the views probably. Yeah. How much did it cost us to make Ozark again? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just bake some more cakes here, folks. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. This has Jim Kelly written all over it. What? The love boat is being turned into a reality dating show. <laughs> I've never seen the love boat, but I, I yeah, did get way into the before your time. Yeah, I, I did get into the Bachelor for a couple seasons, and then it the novelty wore off. The love boat was on TV when I was a kid, and I'm not sure if it was like the first airing of the love boat or if it was reruns. Was it the dude behind the bar that was like, "Yo, Isaac"? Yeah, yeah, Isaac, the bartender. Captain Stubing. So it was. Oh, so it was the same show. You just wasn't weren't sure if it was reruns yeah. or active. Like, I, I thought when I was a kid, I thought I was watching the Brady Bunch, and it was a new show. I thought yeah. I thought I was watching Gilligan's Island, and it was a new show, uh -huh. but it was reruns from decades earlier. I have one question about the Love Boat. Why were they on the boat for so long? I thought it, it like seems like a cruise, but do they live on the boat? Well, it was about. It would be guest stars. So the Love Boat would be about, like, the staff who works oh, on the boat. okay, okay. So Captain Steubing and Isaac, blah, blah, blah. You know, you get to know the characters who work on the boat. And the fun thing was it would always be, like, guest stars would... The Harlem Globetrotters would show up. <laughs> that was Gilligan's Island. Oh. But, yeah, Sammy Davis Jr. or whoever would, okay. would, would be uh, on the boat that week. And there would be some sort of storyline where they find love mm -hmm. on the love boat. Because the... Uh, they're matchmakers. The, the staff really enjoyed. You know, you're out. You're out on sea. This is before Wi-Fi. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do? Yeah. But you, but make matches. <laughs> so they they would hook people up, and they'd uh, they'd have a great time on the love boat. And then when the cruise was over, they hose her down and get back out there for <laughs> round two. <laughs> Spray down the love boat. She's covered in love. The real love boat will put a group of singles looking for love on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean. This does sound like fun if you're young and single. 
uh, destination dates, challenges. So it's basically the bachelor at sea. Yeah, it's no different than being isolated on the island, except you're going to different islands. I guess it's like amazing race with no, you know, because you're going to different locations. Right. But probably not like competition wise. It's like Survivor meets The Bachelor meets an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'm in. The Love Boat will begin production this summer, and it'll, it'll be on TV later this year. And I hope they use that catchy theme song. That can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The Love Boat. La da 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 <laughs> I don't know the lyrics, but... The Love Boat. I want to see you peacock. Time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. And, Dev, I've been watching a little Grapefruit League. It's nice to have baseball back on TV, man. It has been really nice uh, watching some baseball and just seeing. I mean, it's it's spring training, so it, it, I don't take anything out of the results, but the Blue Jays' offense has looked good. So the idea they could do this when the games actually count is awesome. Matt Chapman has been off to a fast start for the Blue Jays. Uh, Randall Gritchick hit a grand slam the other day. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has been hitting bombs. If this is what they can actually do in game time situations, this is going to be a really fun season. I watched an Angels game the other day uh i had to see if this shohei otani's the real deal <laughs> and boy they love him hey eh? they love the broadcast is like these guys just uh getting all horned up for shohei otani the guys <laughs> right, in the booth so though generational talent to say the least and he's getting his own rule what's the shohei otani rule gonna be He's a monster. So when the new deal was signed, it got rid of the pitcher hitting in the National League. So the pitcher no longer hits in the American League, of course, and now the National League, which led to the question, well, what of pitchers who hit? What of two-way players? What of specifically Shohei Otani? Well, Major League Baseball has now created the Shohei Otani rule, which stipulates if a pitcher is also hitting in a team's lineup, that player must remain as the DH after they are removed from pitching. So the rule will stay in place with the life of this current collective bargaining agreement this is not going to lead to the explosion of two-way players i don't think this is purely to allow shohei otani who won the american league mvp last year the opportunity to still hit and i'm all for it even though he's not a blue jay i think this is a very important court case here this needs to be Addressed. There's an Ontario man. He was given a $110 ticket for having a peeled, faded license plate. Uh, he went to Service Ontario to have them replaced, but he was told he'd have to pay for replacements if he wanted them. He refused. And not long after, he was stopped by the police and given a $110 fine because his entire plate was not plainly visible. Hmm. You've seen this, right, with the uh, the white and, and blue uh, plates in the province? The peeling numbers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Mine are half gone. Mine are like 50% gone, if not more at this point. Terrible craftsmanship. <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, the blue was painted right on. It wasn't just some facade over top of the numbers, right? Like, those would stay good forever. It's true, and this guy used that argument. He said, I've seen bus plates and government plates that are failing, yet I have old plates from the 1970s, 
and they're perfectly fine. Now, are they hanging up on the garage wall, or are they active in active duty? Because that would make a difference. But the the other thing that you said was that he went to the service Ontario and they said he had to pay for replacements. I thought that was their duty and they would send you free ones in the mail because it's their property technically. I think there's a time limit. Uh, replace for free if they're purchased within five years. So what? After there's a five-year warranty on those crappy license plates <laughs> that they're handing out. But yeah, they're defective. Yeah. The, the quality of those plates is terrible. What, what happened to the blue plates? Remember the blue plates? Oh, the, those were the worst. The Q-tip looking plates, those were terrible. They were, they're were they discontinued now because they were, for many reasons, but they were impossible to see at night from police officers. Those were just the stupidest. It's funny because we see people make their own homemade license plates all the time. It's like, hey, take a marker. But that one you could actually print off a computer. It looked like yeah. there was no beveling, no embossing at all. It was all one flat so those, card So those blue, that was just a big waste of money. Those of blue plates are gone. Yeah, stupidest and idea we're, ever. We're back to the white background with the blue lettering. Wow. Instead of switching over to those blue plates, do you think maybe we should have invested that money into making the ones we have not garbage? Yeah, better paint. This guy, I'm on this guy's, I know it's only $110, but I love it when guys like stare or whoever stands up for these trivial matters because somebody has to. It's going to cost him thousands of dollars probably, but he's doing it. Yeah. For all of us. Have you seen the Toronto Maple Leaf next-gen jerseys you're going to be wearing? Uh, it's a black jersey with the blue Maple Leaf, but it's reversible. You turn it inside out, and it's a black jersey with a yellow Maple Leaf and yellow stripes. Our sports guy, Devin Peacock, was on with us earlier, and he's a Leaf fan, and he likes the jerseys. I think they look a little too Boston Bruiny when you turn them inside out. Here's uh, how our conversation went earlier. Taz, my boy, uh, here's the thing. So uh, this is Does a Dev next- have a corncob pipe in his <laughs> Taz, my boy. Come on, Chris, sit down. Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, I got yeah, something yeah. to tell you here, Scooch kid. Scooch closer. Come sit on my knee. Let me, let me tell you a story uh, No, here. thank you. <laughs> so this uh, tonight's game is the next-gen game. These are next-gen gen jerseys and the next gen game was started by the Leafs five years ago as a celebration of youth in the community so they turned to Justin Bieber who just released all the Tim Biebs everyone thought the Tim Biebs were stupid you know who didn't think the Tim Biebs were stupid Tim Hortons because they were fantastic for them so if Justin Bieber who is one of the biggest stars okay, in the world sure can turn donuts into something neat I think he can do the same for jerseys for a one game showcase. I'm not saying the the black and yellow doesn't look cool, but it doesn't make sense. When you're a sports team, you're the blue team, you're the red team, you're the orange team. And if suddenly you're going to adopt another team's color scheme and try to make it yours after decades of being their fiercest rival, Boston fans must be laughing. Boston fans are losers. I mean, this, here's the thing. <laughs> They're going to play the game with the with the blue jersey. The yellow part is, is the inside. They're not going to actually play with the yellow part. But I love all these non-Leaf fans who are constantly thinking about, talking about, taking shots at the Leafs. You know how often I think about Bruins and Bruins fans? Never. 
We've posted pictures of the new jerseys on the Taz and Jim Facebook page, and the comments are rolling in. Who, who are people siding with, me or Dev? 99% you here, Taz. Uh, here's a comment from Paula. She says the black and blue one is okay, but what the heck is with the yellow maple leaf that looks like it has eyes, a mouth, and looks like it's swearing? Because there is, like, it says leaves over its mouth, almost like it's like a censorship thing or something. Greg says, this hurts me in ways I'm not sure I'll ever completely understand. Leaf fan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Complete Pool says, someone puked a Bruins smiley face on a Leafs jersey. WTF. Uh, Tracy says, I like the black and blue side. I would never, ever turn it to the yellow side. And Carol says, if you can't beat them, join them. Should be the wording on the black and yellow one. <laughs> Exactly. Here's a uh, text message. Hey, Taz and Jim. Devin Peacock says he never thinks about the Bruins. Thanks to Boston, Leaf fans don't even have to think about hockey in the springtime. I've been texting this morning with our pal Danny Miles, who's the drummer in July Talk. He also is a big-time bird enthusiast and proud Hamiltonian. He... uh, He's reacting to the news here that Hamilton has found its official bird. I know. Exciting, huh? The official bird of the hammer is now the peregrine falcon. Hmm. Yeah, last month, bird-friendly Hamilton Burlington, also known as BFHB, (laughs) launched a public poll to figure out what Hamilton's city bird would be. Um... And they announced the uh, the Peregrine Falcon. What what does Danny think of the decision? <laughs> Yay or nay? His social media is drummers who love birds. By the way, <laughs> like he legit is a bird watcher. When July Talk is on tour, he is out there with his camera taking pictures of birds. I have some of his fo- bird photos hanging in my house. Mm-hmm. He's he's very passionate about this, so I, I needed to know what he thought. He said, just found out about the, uh, the official bird of Hamilton. What a cool bird to be the city's bird. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Quote. It's official. Do I you like know it. much about these birds? Well, I, I, I'm looking at a picture of one right now, and uh, we're talking about color coordination earlier in the uh, show. And you got some hints of yellow. And hints of black in there. So it's reminding me a bit of the Thai Cats jerseys, okay, which okay. is nice. And I understand that these are pretty uh, pretty intense birds, these falcons. Yeah, they're fast. I think they're one of the fastest animals on the planet, if not the fastest. Because when they get into dive mode, when they're going after prey, whatever, a mouse or a fish or something, uh, 300 kilometers an hour is how fast these bad boys go. Wow. Their wingspan's a meter wide. Um, they weigh about 570 grams. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> this is something, you know, when you're a kid and you go to your buddies, like, what animal would you be? What animal would you, when you're like little, that my one buddy would always say peregrine falcon when he was 10. And I had no idea what it was, but he would always talk about how fast they were. And I haven't really thought or heard about them since. Was he from Hamilton? No, he's from Mitchell. Oh, hmm. well, he's going to be upset now because he can't he can't uh, have the uh, peregrine falcon as his official bird anymore because it's Hamilton. Yeah, and like every kid in Hamilton's now going to be a falcon, you know. 
They have hooked bills, large feet, sharp talons. Yeah, they're pretty badass here. Yeah. Burlington, if you're listening in Burlington this morning, the trumpeter swan is your official bird. <laughs> the trumpeter swan. You know who's hmm. not going to be happy about that? Who? Stratford. Oh, I think they're the black swan. Is that a type of swan or what is that? They got black swan. There's a brewery called Black Swan. Yeah. Is that just the brewery name or is that <laughs> yeah, a name of yeah, a bird? No. The swans I've seen in Stratford along the uh, the river there, they're all white. Uh, but their bills may be black. What's a trumpeter swan? A trumpeter swan is, it's in the brass section, generally. Um, <laughs> it's in the pit, the orchestra. <laughs> it's not on the main stage at the Stratford Festival. The trumpeter swan is the biggest native waterfowl, stretching to six feet in length and weighing more than 25 pounds. Okay. Almost twice as massive as the tundra swan. And takes a hundred yards runway to take off. They're kind of lumbering beasts, kind of like pterodactyls. That's what you got, Burlington. Okay. Enjoy it. I wonder what would win in a fight. I'm going to go with the trumpeter swan just because they're so big, obviously. You think it would beat the uh, peregrine falcon? I think I think, I think so. There's not as nimble, but a uh, peregrine falcon, I don't think, could touch this thing. Well, let's get this in there for our London, Ontario listeners. Uh, you know what the official bird of London is? What? I didn't until I Googled it this morning. I would have thought it's the uh, uh, the Canada goose. The jaywalking goose. Yeah, because if you go on the cycle paths along the Thames River in London, yeah. those things will attack you. They're, yeah. they're frightening. And and they'll hold up traffic like a train. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, a train or a goose? Northern Cardinal. As of last year, hmm. the Northern Cardinal is the official bird of London, Ontario. I, this is a fun category I did not know existed. Northern Cardinal? Okay, so they're just the, the regular red-looking yeah. ones. Nice-looking bird. Beautiful bird, actually. I don't think they stand a chance against the falcon. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, but damn, that's a beautiful bird, eh? <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.